0: What is up, Hockey IQ listeners? I'm here to chat about our newest sponsor, Sensorina. Your brain is one of the most important parts of your body. Why not invest in a tool that allows you to train it? With Sensorina, athletes can gain a competitive edge using VR training. Players are able to go through a scenario thousands of times without having to step foot on the ice. No more waiting around for puck touches or perfect scenarios. Sensorina can enhance reaction time, decision making, and multitasking abilities, making you the next MVP. I mean, if the LA Kings are using it, it's got to be good. With our promo code HockeyIQ, you receive $50 off an annual plan purchase. Head on over to sensorina.com to check it all out.
1: On the podcast today, we bring on Danny Heath of Project Hockey. Really excited to have you, Danny. I think you got a real cool story, cool background, uh, winning state titles with your older brother, playing all the way up at D1 uh, with Minnesota State, which seems to be doing half-decently these days, Oh yeah, um, and, and then building uh, Project Hockey. So, excited to have you on, man.
2: Yeah, super pumped to be on. I'm actually, I guess I don't know when this will be released, but I'm leaving next Wednesday to Pittsburgh to go watch my alumni at Minnesota State University. Uh, playing the Frozen Four. And so it's, uh, we haven't won the big one yet, but we've won the most game in the last nine years. So we'll take that. But I'm, uh, yeah, super pumped to be on. Thanks for having me.
1: Wonderful. Well, Project Hockey is a cool program. So I I think we need to talk about that a little bit. But obviously, we're going to get into some skills and different things like that. But uh, let's start with a quick background for for those that don't know you and don't know your story.
2: Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm originally from Arizona, uh, very non traditional hockey market. And I grew up as that kid, like I loved hockey so much. Um, You know, I was, we had awesome coaches. Like I had two ex-NHL hockey players, Jimmy Johnson and Alf Samuelson were my coaches as youths growing up and then played, played my youth hockey there, played three years in the USHL. Each season is 60 games. I played a total of about 53, Uh, not because I was a healthy scratch, but because I probably had every injury in the book. Um, including dislocating my pubic bone, which is very, uh, very common in pregnant women. So I've done it all um, from head to toe. Um, and then from there, like, like you spoke about, I went to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I went to Minnesota State University, played two years there. And then my sophomore season took a pretty bad slew foot, smacked my head on the on the back or smack the back of my head on the ice. And was done playing hockey like nine concussions and 10 surgeries and 12 broken broken bones were enough and so I actually I switched to coaching and then three games into my coaching career I took a puck to the mouth and completely shattered my jaw and so it was uh tough to get away from those injuries but um hockey I can't get away from it right because I, I look at those injuries I, I take those out and the game of hockey's done so much for me right like it's it's how I, how I paid for my school. It's how I met my wife. It's how I attribute that to having two unbelievable kids. And so it's like, what can I do to get back to the game? And and that's where I jumped into project hockey. And so it's, uh, it's been fun. It's been an absolute blast and injuries suck, but like I said, I wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for the world.
1: Well, that is, uh, quite the record you have there. Probably most injuries, uh, in, in a career right there just with how many I've added up for you uh, which one was the worst
2: man that's a that's a tough question I think honestly I think it's so I uh, besides getting my jaw wired shut and breaking that and because that was over Christmas time right so I missed out on all the Christmas uh, and holiday treats but honestly probably the worst one was just when I when I separated my pubic bone and I got two sports hernias and I was kind of I ended up getting a cortisone shot uh, in my growing, and and that that made it worse somehow. And it just, uh, yeah, kind of it was a weird year because I was playing in Des Moines uh, in the USHL, and one of our coaches was JP Parisi. It was a couple of years before Parisi passed away, and it was it was awesome to learn from him. Um, and I was just kind of bummed because I got like twenty five games into that season. Uh, leading the D in points doing awesome. And then uh, woke up one day after a 13 hour bus ride or whatever it was home from green Bay and just couldn't get out of bed. Like my lower body was shot and I couldn't move it. Uh, I ended up having to fly out to Pittsburgh. Um, actually no Philadelphia and having surgery on that. And so it just, uh, that was a bummer because I was finally back in it and I just missed the entire season prior because of uh, shoulder surgery. Um, And then that happened. And so that was that was kind of those two stacked up. And uh, like I said, I played three years of junior hockey, but I didn't didn't really get to play. Right. And so when you miss that much development, it's tough to step into college hockey and play. And so rehabbed and all that stuff, sophomore year and then or freshman year and then sophomore year, uh, like I said, got that that final concussion. And so if I had to pinpoint one, it'd probably be that growing surgery, just because it it honestly felt like I couldn't walk for a while. But you know, it uh, it's all better now, and I'm I'm up and moving. And I don't know, couldn't ask for couldn't ask for a better turnout, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of rehab and a lot of work away from the rink, which I don't think enough people understand the value of and the monotony of doing that. So, tip my cap to you for embracing that it probably has a little bit of something to do with it being an entrepreneur and the, the perseverance that's required. I mean, what, what did you take away from your recovery process and coming back stronger and obviously being able to lead your team in points as a defenseman or leading the decor core points uh, with, again, losing a lot of development time. What is that like? How was your mentally, how are you mentally preparing for that? How are you physically preparing it? What have you taken
2: away? Yeah, it was, it was kind of one of those things like, and, and I bring that into the business world all the time, right? Like, when I first got injured, I like when I injured my shoulder and I was done for like literally I got hurt in the first game of the season, tore my rotator cuff, ripped everything apart. Um, I actually fought, uh, in that game. So I ended up averaging a fight a game that year. So I'll take that. Um, but I, uh, it was one of those things. Like I, when I knew I was done for the season, I didn't have a plan. Right. But then as soon as I figured out, this is the plan, like, here's my, here's my, Goal. Here's where I'm trying to get to. I want to be back by this date. Here's the markers I got to hit along the way. And as soon as I had a plan, things kind of started to turn around. And um, you know, it was always a bummer when I'd get there and then I'd get hurt again. But but the idea was like, as soon as I, I made it purposeful, it uh, it was something that I could stick to. And that that's a lot of the stuff like we do with Project Hockey, right? Like Project Hockey is not is not a a drill library it's not a pdf you know we've been we've been around for 3 years now in the virtual hockey world and we know what works and what doesn't work and it's just like if i was to go to a hockey camp like imagine showing up to a hockey camp and the coach saying like okay here's 5000 drills pick one like that doesn't happen right and so we uh we bring that same mentality into into the virtual space where it's like here's your daily plan and so that's exactly what project hockey is it's like how I took my rehab and it's like okay time to actually do a daily plan. We do that in the virtual hockey space where it's like here's your mindset work, here's your hockey IQ, here's your warm-up, strength session, skill session. Uh we do challenges every day and so it's uh yeah, you kind of hit it right in the head like a lot of those things carry over and not just into hockey like I'm I'm uh like the idea like it carries over into the business world again and so it's like I don't know, usually the most successful hockey players are the most competitive and the most competitive people are the most successful people, whether it be hockey or business. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something I carried over. Just the idea of like, you got to have a plan, right? Always, always got to have a plan and getting it done. Obviously it's the hockey IQ podcast.
1: So I'm curious what does hockey IQ work look like in, in
2: the daily plan that they're going towards? yeah so we do um we have awesome coaches like we've got three x nhl hockey players on our staff we've got ex division one hockey coaches like we've got phenomenal hockey coaches that basically create these hockey iq lessons for our players where they're breaking down plays whether it be in the national hockey league the ohl the whl the quebec major junior league the ushl um, the women's game like whatever the clip is that has a teaching point one of our coaches will break it down for our members, you know. So whether it's like, "Hey, look how we enter the zone. Look where Patrick Kane is. Look where his toe caps are," so he can kind of create some more space for him. All the way down to like the very basic skills, where it's like, "Hey, look, watch how TJ Yoshi stays on side here," so his players can get in the zone and then they can attack. And so it's uh, it's basically just video breakdowns of different skills that happen inside the game of hockey. And the cool part is, like I said, since we're a day by day platform, we're like Facebook for hockey players where kids can actually comment and they can talk about the, the skill. And we have like a whole parents group inside of it. And so it's it's pretty cool when, you know, the skill or whatever the hockey IQ is that day not only gets posted, but then the kids are talking about it, like, hey, did you see that? Did you see this? And, you know, we're in 13 different countries right now. And so kids are able to talk like the kid. The kid up in Pittsburgh can can talk to the kid all the way over in California, or the or the the girl up in Ottawa, or the 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 kid over in Germany, right? And so it's pretty cool when you have all these different influences of the game, uh, all talking about the same skill, which obviously gives you a higher hockey IQ, which gives you more confidence, and and ultimately makes you a better hockey player, which is what we're all about. That's awesome. That's really cool how you can go cross borders. I mean,
1: being on Twitter has been phenomenal and creating a friend work as I call it you know it's a network but also so many friends so have to imagine that carries over in to the platform that you're building and going deeper into coaching and how you're providing this mentorship and this guidance to players you know you're doing camps you're doing project hockey you've been an assistant coach up in Minnesota how are you differing your focus when you're teaching the Different players and different timelines, and how you present the information. How do you kind of go about that?
2: Yeah, I'm a I'm a big believer in video, and people people kind of laugh at me when I walk into hockey rinks because I like got my hockey bag, I got my stick, and then I got my 32 inch TV that I carry under this arm, and I got all my like uh, connections to the TV, and <clears throat> simply because I can put that in the penalty box, and whatever skill we're doing that day, I'll always have like a video of it, right? And so. If we're working on puck protection, you know, obviously Crosby 87 is going to be brought up because he's obviously the best in the world at it. And so, you know, we'll show some videos of him. um, And then we will, I always, I always like, uh, so I'm a school teacher at heart, right? And so like the idea of like, okay, let's learn the skill. Let's rep it standing still. Then let's start to move a little bit and do it. Then let's do it up and down the ice. Then let's put it into a drill. Then let's put it into more of a game-like scenario. And then we put it into a game, uh, whether it's cross ice or, or, or a bigger sheet of ice. And then we reward that for, uh, points inside of that game. Right. So like if it, if it was puck protection, like we would simply do it like, Hey, you and a partner team up, we're going to do it very like standing still, almost just working on the finer details of it. Once we do that, then we'll start to move with just you and your partner up and down the ice and like. You know, I uh, believe me, I'm a big fan of throwing props out there because I think it engages the kids, and I think there's a reason for it. But when you think about skill development and what it is, like you don't need that stuff. Um, And so I'm a big fan. I'm just like, hey, you want to learn to puck protect? Well, here's a player. He's or she's going to steal the puck from you. You're going to puck protect, and here's five different ways to do it, right? And so getting away from buzzwords, because, like, I was always that kid that coach would yell at me and be like, heater heater is my hockey name right and so like heater you need to need to create more time and space and i'll be like okay how and they wouldn't have any idea right and so i now it's my mission like to if i use a buzzword it, it always ends with like here's five ways to do it and so like hey you need to create more time and space here's five ways to do it hey you need to you need to work harder here's five ways to do it right and so just getting away from those buzzwords. And so like getting back to that puck protection piece of it, we'd then put it into a, into some type of drill and usually whatever that drill is, it's mirroring the same situation that we just watched on the video from Crosby. Maybe I'm getting all over the place with my words here, but basically like we take whatever that situation was, we'd put it into a drill and we'd rep it over and over and over again. Um, And I'm, I'm always the idea like you guys are with me for an hour. It's okay to be bored right? Like you can, you have the other 23 hours to go. And um, like, I've heard Adam Oates say that, right? Like you have the other 23 hours to go and have fun. It's okay to be bored and work on puck protection in one scenario for the next hour with me. Um, and then from there, we always, we always take it into a game. And so if it's just cross ice three on three, it's one point for a goal, but you get an extra point if you puck protect before you score that goal. And so we always make sure we're bringing that skill and we're rewarding that skill because it's the 21st century, right? And these kids we're working with, they they thrive off that type of stuff. Um, and instead of trying to fight it and hang on to the old school, like my way or the highway, I just embrace it, right? And like, hey, you want to be rewarded for stuff? Let's reward you for puck protecting. Um, it's an extra point if you if you do it. And so that's kind of the like a high level of what it looks like. Um, but like I said, just big believer in the video because then the cool part is like when we're doing those drills, I can film and I could talk for hours of this stuff. So tell me to shut up if uh, if I'm rambling on. But, you know, like we'll do one of these drills and I can film the kid with the iPad and then throw it right up onto that screen, put it side by side with Crosby and be like, hey, does this look like this? What do we see? How can we get better? Um, and so it's uh, it's pretty unique, I guess, the way I do it. People call me a dork a lot, but I picked this up from Adam Nichols, who's, who's one of the best. He works for. Works with Belfry, and it's uh it's pretty cool the way he was doing it. And I just kind of jumped onto that piece of it. And, you know, that guy is one of the best at doing it. And so it's pretty, uh, yeah, it's been pretty good with the with the way you've been rolling with it. And it's starting to develop some really good hockey players.
1: Yeah, I, I love what you're doing there with using video. Like I, I've done the same thing where I bring, bring out the iPad. And lately for me, it's about creating as many coachless drills and just like continuous drills where I don't need to interfere with it. And I can focus more time on coaching. So I think that's a huge point. Um,
2: what, what kind of software are you using? I use uh, an ability or a coaching platform called uh, Coach's Eye, I think it's called. Um, and basically, I can like draw on the screen and do all these cool different things and put it right up on the screen for the kids. And then I can draw on it. They can see it. They can, they can actually watch, like, okay, look what I'm showing you. Instead of just pointing, I can draw a circle on it. So I just use Coach's Eye and I just, plug it right into the TV and it kids can see it a lot easier that way. That's awesome. And I love that it's teaching. Cause I think a lot of people like
1: get into it for the coaching aspect of it. And exactly what you said, they use so many buzzwords rather than simplifying it down to the actual cause. And when I'm bringing in new coaches under myself, I'm always saying like, you need to give the most specific feedback as possible. I don't care if you literally, are saying okay because you put your foot this way and that way like it's much better than doing those big words where the kids are like uh I don't know what's going on right now. Yeah. At least get them thinking in some shape or form. So that that's awesome. I mean, I'm curious what are maybe some of these little details? Um and you can even use as as a example like a defender now. Like the position is completely changed For sure. of how we're defending especially rushes against skating forward things like that. Um, Curious, maybe some specifics for you from a defender since you were one. How will the positions change? What are kind of the details you're looking at and you're preaching with your kids?
2: Yeah, I just think I, I think the whole idea, like, you know, we went through this phase of hockey where it's like underhandle that puck, underhandle that puck. Um, and I just I, – I just, I'm not a believer in that, right? And so, like, I think, like um, – and I got this from another coach um, through the Adam Oates uh, system – Uh, But basically, like, if you were to if you were to take a a person who doesn't have the ability to see, right, like they're blind, and you give them a cane, and you say, okay, here's your cane, but you cannot move it, you got to keep it straight the whole way. And you'd be like, walk through that, walk through the street, right, they would run into everything in the way because they can't feel right, they can't go back and forth with their cane. So I, I feel like we're doing the same thing when we tell kids not to handle the puck, like we tell kids don't stick handle because you don't, you don't feel that puck. And so if I can't feel that puck, I'm going to start looking down at it. And then it's like, okay, now you, now you're yelling at that kid to look up. Right. So one, you tell them not to stick handle. So you can't feel the puck Two, you tell them not to look at the puck, but you can't feel it. Right. And so like the whole idea that I'm getting at is like, they you have to be able to let kids stick handle that puck. And so we'll do a lot of drills where it's like for defenders, you know, we'll pick a puck out of the corner Uh, We'll spend hour, like we'll spend the whole hour on this, right? Where it's like, hey, pick this puck out of the corner, uh, and then I want you going behind the net, and from from behind the net on this side till you get to the bottom of the circle on the other side. I want you to stick handle this puck sixteen times, or fifteen times, or ten times, uh, whatever it is, uh, and then I want you to move that puck. And sometimes we'll we'll like overshoot it, right? Where it's like, okay, you you know, twenty is probably too much, but I just want you to get the idea because if you know where that puck is on your stick, one, it gets your head up and your eyes up uh, so you can see and make plays. And two, it allows you to feel where that puck is. So if you do, if you got to shoot it, pass it, uh, sauce it, whatever you got to do, like you have the ability to do that. And so, yeah, we just, we do a lot of things like that where it's, um, it's kind of against the grain uh, in some aspects, just because I was brought up like you know, I, like we've had we've had coaches that um, and I was guilty of this early in my career where I taped tennis balls to the back of my defense sticks because I didn't want them using their backhand. Right. I was like, hey, don't use your backhand tennis balls on I literally tape tennis balls to the back of their stick. Uh, so if they got to it, they couldn't use it. Uh, and then that player that I did that to was in a game and had the puck on his backhand with a chance to win it and couldn't do anything. Right. Why? I did that to him. Right. I didn't allow him to use it in practice. So he couldn't use it in a game. And so I guess, I guess the big point is like when, when my defenders come around the net on their backhand, pass it on your backhand. Like that's how you get better. I agree. Yes. Your forehand's a better way to pass, but you're not always going to have it. So what, what better time than to work on it than in practice. Right. And so um, we do a lot of stuff like that, where it's just, we focus on one skill. Uh, and like you said, the game has changed so much. And if you can't, if you can't angle, um, you're not going to be very good at it. Right. And if you can't have good gap control um, and I'm fortunate enough to, to connect with Mike Weaver a lot and he, he doesn't use the term gap control. He uses the word somebody's ice. Like that is somebody's ice. Uh, and so it's, it's pretty cool. when when you think about it, when you flip the mindset of your defenders, like, it's not gap control. You're not controlling the space between this person. That's somebody's ice. And if you let that player get more of it, then you're going to be in a, in a world of trouble when they're coming down on you. Right. And so it's, it's finding a way to just take these little details, whether it's gap control or somebody's ice or angling with your stick or overhandling the puck to make sure you can make a play or zip and pucks on your backhand. Like these are things that we work on and, uh, I'm fortunate enough, in my opinion, not to be a coach of a team like I do skills coaches for a lot of different teams. Um, but I'm able to work with these kids on these different things and not have to worry about X's and O's and four checks and, and back checks and things like that, because that's that takes up a lot of time. And if I had to do that as well, I wouldn't be able to get through as many skills as I do. Um, and so, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool when you get to I love it, right? Because I, I work on these skills with these kids, and then I get to sit up in the bleachers and watch them execute it—you um, know, the, the way they do. One of my, one of the kids I work with plays with uh, plays for Bemidji State, and it was pretty cool to work with them all summer and then watch him beat Wisconsin in the first game of the NCAA tournament. Like, there's nothing, nothing better than that, right?
1: Yeah, and then you start getting to the point where you've got kids on all the teams, and now you got to choose your favorites. <laughs>
2: absolutely my but I'll always uh, I do I work with uh, Minnesota State a lot and do some skill work for them and so they're my boys right alumni and uh, we're gonna go to go to Pittsburgh here next week and win that thing
1: damn straight love to hear that love to hear that so go, going back into the coaching the skills work that you're doing uh, what, what are some things that you think are most important at various ages and maybe start even before that, you know, maybe what are some of the skills that you're currently teaching that
2: you think aren't getting touched on enough? I think the biggest thing, like on the skating side is just being more efficient. You see more and more like kids are having hip surgery now when they're like 15 years old. Like that's crazy. Right. Um, and so I teach a lot of efficiency skating where it's like, Hey, you don't have to take 30 strides between here and the blue line to get to top speed. Like you can do that. Um, you can do that in, in 10 strides. Right. And so I always think of it like if I were to go to the beach and someone were to tell me like, Hey, run as fast as you can on the beach, I'm not going to dig my feet into the sand and try to run. Right. And yet we have a lot of coaches that are like, Hey, dig those toes in and, and get those first three steps and dig into that ice. And I want to hear the sound. And it's like you're just slowing those kids down, right? When it's like, okay, you're you're literally diving into the ice and trying to skate. And so a big thing that we just try to teach is just like staying on your glide platform and staying on top of the ice and and riding your glide and using your entire blade of your skate because skates are thousands of dollars nowadays. And you're gonna tell me only to use the tiny toe of it, doesn't make any sense. Um, and so we uh, we use full, full edge type of stuff. Um, so I would just say at a young age, like that efficiency skating is huge. Um, we plan on doing a whole camp around that here in Minnesota this summer, um, where it's just like, hey, we are gonna to learn to skate more efficient. Um, and so that's a big thing. Uh, the other kind of thing that I work on is just boards, right? Like getting pucks off the board is a skill that should be worked on all the time. Cause the puck is on that boards all the time. Right. And so we'll spend, we'll spend whole practices of just like throwing pucks into the boards with different bounces and pulling it off and making different plays, whether it's in the D zone, neutral zone, offensive zone, like, um, you know, the, you can, you can create thousands of drills, um, off of one skill. Right. And so I never go into practices with like, here's the 10 drills I want to do. I always go into practices with like, here's the two skills I want to work on. Um, and then at the higher level, I'll ask the kids, like, what do you have issues with? Um, and then I'll use that skill to enhance that issue. Um, at the younger levels, you can kind of just see right where it's like, okay, they, they're struggling, just picking pucks off the wall and getting them to the middle of the ice, or they're, they're struggling, uh, getting pucks through the neutral zone with speed, and so we we try to find different ways to do that. And so, I just think like the biggest skills where kids can work on, especially at the younger age, is one being more efficient on their skates uh, and using that glide platform to to get a full stride and a full edge. And then, two, just pucks off walls, whether whether whatever zone it's in, right. And so, uh, finding ways to just just manage that part of the game is a big piece of it. Yeah. And the glide is huge. I think that's probably the thing I see
1: most with high school and even some college kids that I I work with and the inefficiency and inability to kind of get that skate underneath them where they're just digging in on both inside edges and they're slowing themselves down even when they're trying to, again, be more efficient, be able to be fluid and roll those edges so they can better turn themselves it's coming to a point where they literally have to like pick one of their legs up and put that back underneath themselves to then go yeah. in the direction that they want. It's frustrating, but once you see skaters, that can do it. Well, it's unbelievable. The mobility they're able to find, um, it allows them to react
2: much faster and, and dictate much better. For sure. I mean, you watch a guy like Eric, Car- Eric Carlson, like he might take three strides a whole game and yet he's all over the ice. Right. Just cause the way he maneuvers. And so it's, uh, when it's done, right. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. And, Connor McDavid is a phenomenal skater, but no, no one else can skate like Connor McDavid, right? Like no one, no one can do that. And so that's where, that's where it's frustrating when, um, you know, you, you, people are trying to teach that. And it's like, I don't know when I, if I, if I were to show my, my players, like, I, I just wouldn't feel right where it's like, Hey, here's Connor McDavid do skate like that. Right. Cause he's, I don't know. I, I heard something the other day, like if there was a league above the NHL, he'd be in it. Right. And so, it's it's tough but i i do think kids need to be more efficient with how they're skating especially with i mean kids kids skates cost more than my mortgage right and so it's crazy it is crazy and, and the only reason mcdavid's in the nhl is there's no other league you can go to play and it's better
1: so yeah, exactly. it's it's insane I, i'm always like okay we're showing mcdavid clips but he's also a human cheat code not not sure we should do that i mean i'm a big uh-huh. large ellers fan like we could pick a guy like that and show how efficient he is in in the role that he is which is very manageable for these guys not (laughs) the best of the best uh, generational movie really rolling rolling it back i want to maybe talk uh, on kind of how you go about with project hockey and it's it's the daily so you're talking with these players daily you're posting things daily there's a grind to that you know there's a grind to being a great player and you don't really have many options other than putting in the work on a daily basis to get better. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about the importance of the daily grind. Obviously you had to do it through your rehab and getting better, making sure that you're you're not falling behind or even, you know, getting ahead with how good your preparation is. So when you finally do come back for rehab, you know, you're not that far behind
2: developmentally. Yeah. It's about like our big hashtag in the project hockey world, is just about doing the work hashtag do the work. Because um, like we have every day, right? Like we have hockey IQ. We've got hockey mindset stuff with Lauren Williams, who played at the University of Wisconsin, professional hockey player. Lindsey Fry played at Harvard, U.S. Olympic uh, silver medalist. Like <clears throat> they're doing hockey mindset for our people. Um, hockey IQ, like we spoke about earlier. We've got we've got all these awesome things. We've got skill set sessions from the best coaches in the in North America. Um, but it's not going to work unless you're willing to do the work. And so a cool part about our platform is like kids can log their scores. Right. So when we do a challenge, kids can log it. When they redo that challenge, the, the apple literally shoot confetti off in their face and tell them if they did better or not. Um, and then when you finish skill sessions, like you check them that they're completed. And so um, <clears throat> kids can start to see those results. And we've got kids, like I said, we've been around for three years. So we've got kids that have done over 300 of these workouts. And it's cool because, you know, when we when we redo a challenge, which we'll redo probably two a week will be uh, recycled just so kids can start to see their development. So we literally have a kid that's done the same challenge in the last two, three years, probably done it four or five times. And the score of the challenges are getting better and better and better. Um, And it's because that player is doing the work. And so when you when you look at some of the best players like the. This this stuff is all like like I said we have the best stuff in the world but it's not going to work unless the kid's willing to do the work and so that translates and that that we've had we we got to have Connor Garland on um, so we do we do Zoom sessions just for our members where we bring on guests right like we've had Connor Garland of of the Arizona Coyotes we've had Teddy Bluger the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Mike Weaver, we've had some really cool Matty Rooney, we've had some phenomenal people come on and do these Zoom sessions Um, and Connor Garland is the perfect example, like he's well shy of six feet, he's uh, he's a little guy, but he's one of the hardest working human beings in the world uh, which is why he is one of the best players in the NHL right now, and so it's uh like you said, it's, a, it's about doing that work and it's about doing that grind and it's pretty cool when like in the kid's profile, like I said, we're like Facebook for hockey players, right? So the kids create a profile, profile picture, background picture, all those cool things. Uh, But in their profile, you can actually see like uh, so-and-so was active and did six workouts last week. So-and-so was active and did seven workouts last week. And so it's, uh, it's pretty cool when kids start to build this almost hockey card for themselves and uh, start to show that development over time, because like you said, they're, they're willing to do that work.
1: That's awesome. I'm wondering if uh, college coaches are asking to see that. Oh, hey, show me your project hockey scorecard. I want to see what uh, kind of work you're actually putting in. Am I getting a true workhorse here or just someone who looks good?
2: Yeah, absolutely. we've, uh, we've gotten a few uh, people, just guys that I played with that, you know, like, hey, do you have any members that you think? And it's pretty easy for us to look and be like, well, so-and-so puts in the work every day. And so, we get calls uh, we get calls from from coaches that they're like hey uh, i noticed so and so is a project hockey member um, what's he like and i'm able to go in there and be like well you know he or she uh, in this case it was a girl someone was calling it was uh, it was a it was a, like a prep school asking about this girl and i was able to say well she i could literally tell you that she puts in 5 days a week on top of like you know her practice and stuff that she's doing at the rink she's putting in extra days. And so it's, uh, it is starting to get to that point. I, I do think sometime here soon we'll get, you know, once our members get a little bit older and, you know, we've worked, we did the dry land training project hockey, did the dry land training for the Ottawa 67s of the OHL. Right. And so some of those guys like Marco Rossi is playing in the NHL now. And during quarantine uh, back in March, a year ago, they were doing project hockey workouts. And so people ask us all the time, like, who's it for? it's for whoever wants to get better. Like we've literally had the best players in the world use it. And then we've had four or five year old just getting started in the game of hockey. Cause it doesn't matter how old you are. You got to work on these skills. Right. And so it's uh, yeah, I think one day it'll get to that point. Like you just spoke about, and it's our, it's already kind of heading that way. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, everyone's pre day or post day uh, superstition,
1: making sure that you're figuring out, Oh, did I get <laughs> my thing in now? Now I'm going to have a good game or a good practice.
2: Absolutely. Uh,
1: yeah. Throwing all the way back. I mean, let's talk about your, your superstitions, what, what you did for pre pre games, you know, your you mall Walker, where'd that come from?
2: Yeah. I was just, uh, so I, I played junior hockey in Kearney, Nebraska for the tri-city storm. And that was, uh, that was a big uh, shock to my system. Cause I went from Phoenix, Arizona, where our graduating class was over a thousand kids. And then I went to Kearney, Nebraska, where our graduating class was about 40 kids um and so it was a big change right and just wasn't much to do and so before every game uh my buddy and I Mike Cici who's still playing over in Poland he drafted by the Montreal Canadiens I think and um we would go to the mall every morning we'd go pre-game skate um then we'd head to the mall and we would just do a mall walk and like people watch and tag team with uh you know a couple of the old the old timers walking around the mall we try to keep pace with them and it was just something to keep our minds off it. Cause I was, you know, I was one of those players that if I took it too serious, my game would just wouldn't be very good. Like I had to keep things light and keep things, uh, keep things pretty simple. And so it was, it was fun to go to the mall, walk around, goof around a little bit. And then obviously when it came time for game time, we were ready, but um, yeah, we just walked around that, the Kearney Nebraska mall before every game and it was something that stuck. That's hilarious. Uh, people watching great activity. I think
0: more people
1: <laughs> should do it. you just, observe what goes on out there. and I think that filters onto the ice too. reading the opposition. Uh, sure. any, any good stories?
2: Uh, I mean, April fools is coming up, right? So we had, uh, I was a big fan of April fools. And so we, we, we were, me and my buddy were good friends with the town sheriff. This was in Nebraska as well. And we had a, a kid on our team, Alec Rush, who Minnesota kids, super smart going to Princeton stud hockey player. Um, We, uh, we had the, the sheriff come into the, so we're all getting ready for practice. Right. Um, And we had the sheriff come in and the only people who knew about this prank was myself and our coach. It's the only, the only people I told, right. Is our coach really. And so the, the, the sheriff came in with his dog was like um who's driving the black durango out in the parking lot and alec is like hey it's me um and he said you need to come with me my dog smells traces of you know substance in there um and you need to come with me right now and all of a sudden like and this kid's half half dressed for practice right and he starts to like get pale in the face and um he's like are you serious and and the the officer's like you need to come with me right now and um this kid, this kid from across the room who was not in on this joke was like, Oh man, I guess you can kiss your Princeton scholarship goodbye. And all of a sudden, like Alex starts like losing it, like tearing up. And, um, the, the cops looking at me, like, when are you going to pull the trigger on this? Like it needs to be done. I'm like, no, let's keep this going. (laughs) Uh, and so he, um, he takes Alec and Alex talking, the officer's like, you need to shut your mouth take your skates off and come with me right now and so he like turns him around walks him outside the the locker room and everyone's looking around like oh my gosh i can't believe this is happening and as soon as he got out of the locker room i was like guys it's an april fools prank where i'm just getting him right now and so then he was he walked out the locker room to like the back door where like the players and staff come in and he's like turn around i need to put you in handcuffs before i take you out the door um and then we all jumped out of the locker room like april fools and he uh yeah, he, he, uh, he lost a a lot of sweat that day and it was, it was hilarious. And I probably took it a little too far. Like the dog was probably too much and probably let it go a little bit too long, but it, uh, couldn't have drawn it up any better. And it was, uh, it was pretty funny watching him sweat it out for sure. Oh man. that. That's brutal. I, I wonder, uh, did you get any big hits that day from him or maybe some clap bombs
1: that uh, he accidentally missed the net on? <laughs> uh,
2: I don't even think I was, pr- I didn't, so I was injured. Right. So I, w- I had time to, to plan these pranks and so he didn't get a chance at that, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, he, he wasn't too happy with me for a while, but I haven't talked to him while I should, I should connect with him. I'm sure he's, uh, living large with that prince Princeton education now. So it's, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. As
1: always, uh, sometimes the worst stories become the best memories, <laughs> sweat those out. And, uh, now he's probably remembering it very fondly of, of good times playing junior hockey. Now he's probably gotten serious, maybe has some kids, etc. So yeah. that's fun. Absolutely. Well, uh, th- this has been a lot of fun. I-, I think we could, uh, talk about development all day long. Sure. Um, but I-, I guess I got one more question for you and then I'll let you take it away from there. Um, what is the one thing if you're going to run a program or you're going to be a coach of a team that you want to make sure by the end of the year, your team understands like no other. Well, wow, That's a tough,
2: that's a tough question.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Way, way to throw it on you here. So, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's many things, obviously like angling, uh, being your own development coach, whatever it may be. Some people are more specific. Some people are more high level or just, you know yeah you're a guy you've seen a lot of hockey you've seen a lot of development you know what what are some things that translate i guess is what i'm getting at that you want to make sure your players have
2: yeah i think i mean it obviously depends on number of things like what did we do last year what's the age of the kids blah 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 but i think from like like a high level like if if kids and and this is like my mission with the game of hockey like if the kids can can go into something and leave it better than they found it i think it's a win right and so my my whole mission with hockey and with project hockey is to leave the game of hockey better than i found it and so how can you instill that with with players it's like it's either through community service it's through sticking up for each other it's through it's through like finding something that they can latch on to, whether like you said like it might be angling it might be making sure we we get the puck from behind the net push pass low to high type of thing or or even like sticking to a certain forecheck where it's like, this is our identity. I think that leaves what they were doing better, right? So like what I mean by that is like, if we're going to stick to this forecheck, when we forecheck, our forecheck is going to be better, right? Or whether it's through community service, if they go and do community service, whatever they do, whether it's, you know, going to a school and reading to kindergarten kids or, or picking up trash, like they're going to leave that place better than they found it. And so I guess if I, if I were to run a program, like I would just, I would make decisions based off that, right? Like, is this going to leave whatever we're doing better than we found it? If the answer is yes, then we're, we're all for it. Right. And so I think that, I think that translates into the business world. I think it translates into, in, it translates from hockey into the business world. And I, I think hockey is the only game that mirrors life. Um, big fan of football and the Minnesota Vikings, even though they never win. Um, but like football is kind of a a funny, a funny sport, right? Like you literally get knocked down, whistle blows, you get to retry it again. Um, hockey's not like that. Hockey's a silly game, but it's not, it's it's it mirrors life, right? Like where you get knocked down in the corner. Um, if it wasn't from a flying elbow, I guess, like the play is gonna go on and you either get back up or it's gonna it's gonna run you over. And so I just think I think leaving the game of hockey better than they found it is what I would instill into my players. And I, I think that starts with with just the community in your locker room and making sure guys treat each other right, or girls, if you're coaching a girls team and um, kind of moving from there into systems. And I think your systems can play a huge role in leaving the game better than they found it because who doesn't like to win? Um, and then just from there, the last little piece is like, I want my kids to be the most competitive players in the world. Um, I, I say it all the time. Like if I can only instill one, I got a three-year-old daughter who's challenging me these days. Um, but if I could only instill one thing of mine into her is that I want her to be competitive. I want her to lose at Candyland and absolutely lose it. Right. Be upset, cry. Like, I love that. I think, obviously you want to help them through it and you want to like teach them how to handle those emotions. But, uh, the other night, like I beat her and we're playing war, like the the card game war and I beat her, uh, and she lost it. And I, I love that. Like, I love to see that in her because I don't know, I'm not always going to be around and your coach isn't always going to be around, but if you can be competitive, I think you're going to, you're going to be successful. So Long story short is uh, I would want my my kids to leave it better than they found it and, and be the most competitive people in the world because I think that's what it takes. And, um, yeah, I like I, I love it. Love to hear that. It uh, wasn't,
1: wasn't something that uh, starts or finishes on the ice, but something that is off the ice and transcends For sure. through everything. So I, I like that. Uh, coaching at the University of Akron with my good friend uh, Matt Cook or Cookie. Uh, we do a life you program um, that's all about how do we prepare these kids not for the four years they're with us, but the forty years afterwards. So we say yeah. it's everything you don't get, you know, in school or at the rink, on the ice. But uh, you know, like what's a four hundred and one k? Even like basics like that, finance, that. Um, teaching just frame, mental frameworks and mental models. Bringing speakers. Mm-hmm. We had one guy this year who's uh he runs Edwins in Cleveland, which is basically. He was incarcerated, came out, couldn't find any job opportunities, started a restaurant, became successful. And then he just wanted to get back. So he started hiring people who are in the same boat as him. Um, and now it's starting to like a leadership institute and a bunch of stuff like that. And just understanding it, hockey and, and sport in general, there's so many things that go beyond. And it's really for most people, unless maybe you're the McDavid's or Crosby's years. it's a way to just transfer life skills and give you the experience. I know, bunch of guys in the coaching you've probably come across as well that say that coaching is the most important thing for them in their marriages their relationships their jobs etc all the things they learned uh through the sport makes hockey so so special for sure yeah i agree with that 100 awesome stuff well really appreciate having you on i'd like to give two minutes anything you want to talk about plug project hockey all that fun stuff i mean it's a great platform for for kids that want to get better uh, i think we need to get some hockey iq podcast hockey iq newsletter stuff in there do some zoom sessions all that all that fun jazz yeah but uh tell the people about all the good work you're doing
2: yeah for sure one we'd love to have you come on and talk to our members because it's uh, it's pretty special to to be a project hockey member right now um and yeah it's uh not a ton to plug like you can you can look us up on project and you know, I always just encourage like I, I never try to sell it to anybody. Um, I give it away like we, we give away memberships, the teams and associations um, like crazy. Uh, and it's, it's not about the money for me. We, we, uh, I'm, a, I'm a school teacher by day. Right. So that's what I do. And I just try to uh, I try to help as many kids out as possible because I was that kid, um, you know, insert sappy story here blah, 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 where we just didn't have the means to, you know, and my buddies were flying out to Shattuck for a hockey camp, like I wasn't doing that. Right. And so how do we help as many kids as we can? I think it's through online programming it's through project hockey and it's through, it's through giving back to the game. So yeah, absolutely. Look us up projecthockey.com. Um, I encourage you to reach out. My email is Danny at projecthockey.com. Uh, shoot me an email if your team, if your association, we're always swinging deals and, and helping you out uh, look me up on Instagram, Danny hype. Um, but that's another story. Hype has nothing to do with hockey. It's, uh, I MC for CrossFit competitions back in the day and it just stuck around. So, um, yeah, check us out. Um, we do camps in Minnesota all the time. Um, but yeah, look us up. We're projecthockey.com hockey.com at project hockey on all social channels. Uh, like I said, that email again is Danny at project And whether you want to be a member or not, like I've got kids that reach out with videos or parents or guardians that reach out videos all the time. That's like, Hey, how can my kid do better at this? And I love breaking down video. And I love watching that stuff. It, uh my wife doesn't always like it when I'm cutting a cutting something on my phone to send back to a kid and, you know, at 1030, 11 o'clock at night, but it's uh, it's just fun for me. So whether you want to become a member or not reach out any way we can, and we'd love to help. And, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, not good at pumping myself, but I, I'd love to uh, love to help out in any way possible and ultimately just leave this game better than I found it.
1: Exactly why we wanted to have you on. No better person to have on the podcast. Someone who wants to leave something better than where they found it, especially the beautiful game of hockey that we all love. So thanks again for coming on, and uh, we'll talk soon.
3: Thank you for tuning into the Hockey IQ podcast. We are Hockey's Arsenal. Greg Riewak, and Dan Ducart. Together, we've come together to create a platform and a community to expand our hockey intelligence, hockey IQ, whatever you want to call it. Uh, We're very passionate about seeing this game played smarter and better and continue to develop itself uh, to the next level and staying on the cutting edge of things. So, you can find us at Hockey's Arsenal on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We're also at Uh, Hockey'sArsenal.com. From there, you can find some resources and some options to work with us we're excited to continue this if you enjoyed this episode please like subscribe follow and share Uh, you can also join up for our newsletter as well where we're going to tackle anything hockey iq related so we're excited to have everyone here and continue to build
0: that concludes this week's episode Thanks for joining us here at Hockey IQ. If you haven't already, take a quick moment to hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, and drop a review. If you want to be a great teammate, even recommend us to a friend. You can follow us at Hockey's Arsenal on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the website, hockey'sarsenal.com, where you can subscribe to the weekly newsletter. You won't regret it. Catch you, Buttes, here next week for a brand new episode.